This is Rob Powell. Today in Tux Turbo Talks, we're talking to Caleb Ewan from Lotto Sudal about sprinting in the Giro d'Italia. It's Wednesday the 15th of May. It's the day after our special guest just ran out of road to win stage four of this year's Giro d'Italia. Uh, welcome, Caleb Ewan, and thanks for coming on and being on the line from Italy. Hey, thanks for having me. What's that emotion this morning, the day after? Is it still disappointment or is it just confidence from being up there in such a difficult finale? Um, well, to be honest, when, when you come so close to a win like that and where I guess in the end timing was really the difference between winning or losing, you kind of replay it over and over in your mind and think of what you could have done better or played different scenarios, but... Yeah, I mean, now I just need to you know, look forward to today, and it should be another sprint today. I think it's going to be quite tough in the in the start, but um, it, yeah, it should be another sprint. Is is there something when you played that video over and over in your head that you now think we you could have done differently, jumping straight on the that wheel, or when Carapaz went, or did you bank on that Lucy would close it? Um, yeah, I was kind of banking on maybe some of the you know, more of the climbers to to close that gap, but. Um, I don't know because when you when you think back to the moment, you can't remember exactly how you're feeling, and I probably wasn't feeling that great because we're at basically at the top of the climb, and uh, and I I even started my sprint I think with 300 meters to go, so it was quite long to to do the sprint as well. So I needed to I think at the time I would have just been thinking that. I needed to do my my own race and and leave it as late as possible because you know, I can't sprint from yeah 400 or 500 out. Um, but I mean, if I could go back into the same scenario, then I would probably have tried to jump straight on his wheel. And is that then uh, maybe the most difficult thing for sprint being a sprinter immediately, like making that decision, like in a split second, what you're going to do? Uh, yeah, I think. You know, you, I think you lose so many races by uh, small little decisions in the end. And I think that's one of the hard parts about being a sprinter is um, to win a race, you really have to, you really have to get everything right. And, um, and it really does come down to kind of split second decisions. Um, you know, if you, if you go too late, you run the risk of being boxed in. And if you go too early, then you run the risk of, yeah, your legs running out of energy in all before the line. So it's a really fine line between winning and losing. I think when you're a sprinter, and you're obviously we're already close on the, on stage two when that sprint train looked looked almost pretty perfect for that lead out. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, I think just after that hard stage, I, I probably just went a little bit uh, a little bit early, and I could really feel myself starting to die a bit in the last kind of fifty meters. So. I think, yeah, yeah if, maybe if I had better legs and I could have held on, but yeah, I can't really fault the guys. They were, they were perfect, and yeah, it was just me that ran out of uh, legs in the end. Uh, I think one thing that uh, that I noticed, like in that sprint, um, usually maybe Klug is like a little bit later for you in that sprint train, and now he moved to the front quite early, and then you had Tosh and Jasper leading you out. Um, it, was that a conscious decision that you guys flipped some things around in that sprint train, or...? Uh, yeah, well, for the first part of the season, I haven't had Jasper, so Rogers really had to kind of 
be last man or second last man all the time. Um, but I think it, probably his best role would be almost in fourth man or also in third man as well. But um, he can just go for so long and, he, and he's so powerful and so smooth that he's uh, yeah, a great will to follow. And I think he can get uh, Tosh and Jasper into, into good position to start their job and I mean, that's probably one of the hardest parts is, is getting the whole team in position in that last final K. Yeah, uh, and obviously nailed that sort of like on, on stage two already. Uh, got the confidence from yesterday. So today it's all going to come together for that stage win? I hope so. Yeah, you know, obviously, yeah, that's what we're here for, to, to win a stage. And I've got a great team around me. So, um, yeah, we'll keep trying until until... Yeah, hopefully it happens. You never know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I think you know everyone's going well and, and I feel good as well. So um, yeah, I hope we can uh, nail a stage win here. Because today, obviously, a bit of a shorter stage, um, basically as flat as it gets this Giro. Um, maybe a couple of years ago, people would say flat as it is, that's perfect for Caleb. But nowadays, it just seems like you're maybe getting like a bit of on the, to the punchy side, like on those difficult finales that you are excelling and getting close to wins. Is, is it a sort of a transformation or is it just you're getting more versatile? Um, I think maybe I'm just getting a little bit more versatile as I get older. I think as I get older, I, I'm getting a bit stronger and that's just allowing me to get through maybe some of the harder stages a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still consider myself... Yeah, pretty much a pure sprinter, and um, yeah, I haven't had so much success on the on the flat sprints so far this year. But I think it's I was I was really lacking maybe last man, and I think now that Jasper's come in, um, you know, I've got someone to really guide me through that last K, and I think that's really what I've been lacking. But uh, yeah, I hope I can start winning some uh, more flat, faster finishes soon. And how how hard was it when Jasper coming in? Uh, maybe like like we talked like this setup with Kluger, Tosh, and Jasper. Um, did you figure that things out like in training? How do you train on that on getting that perfection? Yeah, we uh, we did a lot of uh, lead up kind of training in December in our in our team camp. But to be honest, it's uh, it's completely different when it comes to a race because in training you can't simulate uh, the um, you know all the things that can go wrong that happens in a race. It's it's so hard to actually get the lead up perfect nowadays in racing because there's yeah, there's so many strong teams and and everyone wants to do the same thing as you. So that's probably the hardest part about uh, about doing a lead out. Um, so it's easy enough to do in training because yeah you've got you know no one getting in your way or anything. But um, yeah, in racing it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult and. Uh, we haven't raced together so much, so it's going to be probably for the rest of the year. It's really going to be uh, a, a process to, to kind of teach each other what to do and learn how, yeah, each of us rides. Yeah, and is it also like then in a grand tour that you you go back and watch the tape, not only play it in your head, but also just go back and watch the tape and sort of like study it, what you guys could have done better or. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's the great thing about having all our races on TV is we can always go back and watch and see exactly what happened. Um, but, you know, it's always easy to watch on TV from a helicopter shot because you can see everything that's going on. But when you're actually in the race, you can basically just see 
kind of what's next to you and in front of you. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely easier to analyze with a helicopter, but in the race, it's completely different. So you, you don't really know exactly what's going on around you. And is it now like when you get a couple of stages into a Grand Tour that you kind of like know from the guys around you, um, from the other sprinters who might be the fastest or the, or the main competitor and you decide up front before a stage, this might be the wheel that I want to be in when that final kilometer comes? Or, um, I mean, you kind of know from the start of the race who's going to be, uh, who's going, to be going good, but... Um, yeah, I guess you don't really know who's going going to be going the best until the race starts. But I don't think at the moment with four stages into the Giro, there's no one that really stands out above the rest at the moment. And uh, and there's there's two ways you can really approach the sprinters. You can fully trust that your lead out man is going to deliver you, or you commit to following another train or following another sprinter. And um, I think now. With the team that we've got, I uh, I can pretty much trust to follow Yasper. Uh, He'll be my last man, so I can follow him and and hope that he delivers me. And then if he comes up short, then uh, you know he's smart enough to to put me on a good wheel as well. So um, all I need to do really is follow him in the in the last part of the race, and we can adjust from there. Yeah, it must be pretty uh, pretty cool for you to now being in those Grand Tours, knowing having the, like the full backing uh, of a team. Because obviously, uh, one of the reasons that you moved now to Lodosadal because uh, Mitchell Scott was moving in a GC direction a bit more, and you, yeah, now having those dedicated opportunities, dedicated sprinting for you in a Grand Tour, uh, must be really exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting, but uh, as well, there's a there's a little bit more pressure because yeah, the the whole team's here to to help you and they basically rely on just me to to get the results um you know we've got obviously good guys like victor here who can who can have a go in the time trials and, and possibly get a win there and then guys like thomas as well that that could go on the breaks and and win from there like they've done before but um yeah i think the the main rider the the team is trying to help win is is me and when uh, when you're in a team with a GC rider, you don't feel as much pressure because, yeah, the you know there's another uh, another goal for the team as well. It's not not purely just you. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a strange feeling, but um, you know I prefer just to to have the full team backing me and and I can take that little bit extra pressure anyway. So if you're looking ahead to the next couple of uh, days in the Giro. Um, obviously today, uh, definitely up your alley, like a sp- short, uh, flat sprint stage. Thursday and Friday, um, tricky, hilly finales, maybe even leave it. Yeah, we know you can surprise now in those in those difficult finishes, but is it maybe a bit too much on Thursday and Friday? Yeah, they they do look quite difficult. Um, and I think in the, the thing is in a Giro field, there's so many strong riders and... And they can make a, a final like that quite hard. Um, but when it comes to finals like yesterday and in and, and the couple of days that you just mentioned there, um, it basically depends on how the, the bunch rides it. You know, if they go super hard, then it's it's probably going to be too hard for me. But if it's uh, if it's a little bit easier, then, then maybe I can get through it. But, yeah, I mean, we have to just go stage by stage and, and see what happens. And 
now my full focus is just on today. But I think today is not going to be so straightforward because it's such a short stage. There'll be a lot of guys that want to go on the break and there's a, a good launching pad at the start. There's two climbs at the start that are, that are going to be pretty pretty difficult. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting the start of this race. And then obviously uh, Saturday is a really long day again. I think it's the longest stage of the Giro. Uh, difficult final 100 kilometers in that one. And then you got Tuesday and Wednesday seems like a, the real sprint days for you. Is it? Um, do you know what you're going to do after Wednesday? Well, not yet because you know, I just I'm taking it day by day. But um, you know, the the last part of the Giro is yeah super difficult. And to be honest, I can already start feeling my legs already. And we've got a, <laughs> yeah a few more really long stages to go and, and tough stages to go. So um, I'm also doing the Tour de France this year, so I I can't dig myself too deep into a hole, you know, this close to the Tour as well. So, um, yeah, I think... Could, could something be depending on the uh, on the standings in the point classification? Or is it not something that you're aiming for or looking at? Um, well, it was not nothing, not something that, that I was really looking looking at um, coming into this race. I just came with the with the goal of trying to win some stages, and um, yeah, if that came with it, then great. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know where I am on the classification at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not really thinking. Not a big objective. No, no, not at all, really. Um. And plus, there's a yellow jersey opportunity, like you mentioned, in the Tour de France, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be uh, nice racing in Belgium for the for the first part of the tour, being in a Belgian team. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, there's there's an opportunity for a yellow jersey, and if I could get that, then that would be uh, yeah, really like a dream come true. But I think there's a, another special thing that could be happening during that Tour de France, isn't there? On oh, private, on yeah. private fronts. <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't happen during the Tour de France, but uh, nature will tell. I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping she stays in until until after. Yeah, so for the people who are wondering, uh, you were you were about to become a, a father of a baby daughter, a baby girl. Um, if we if we look ahead now, for the rest of the season, you got the Tour de France coming up. And then I think you've got 85 race days lined up. Yeah, I was think, it? I think something like that. Yeah, quite a lot. That definitely makes sense. Then, if you decide like this, Giro might not be the one, might not be the first Grand Tour that I'm going to finish, but maybe the Tour de France, and then yeah, getting a nice, uh, bringing home a nice uh, present for that uh, baby girl. That would be awesome. Hey. Yeah, yeah. That that would be the the dream scenario, but um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, obviously, I I really hope to finish the tour, and um, yeah, and then I mean the baby's due after the tour, so I hope she just comes on her due date. Yeah. All right. Um, we every episode of the Turbo Talks, we've got a fan question, and uh, this time fan question, we're going back to the sprinting. It's uh, from at Rybro, if I say it correctly, uh, from Instagram. And it was about your sprinting position. And he says, what helps you maintain and perfect your sprinting form uh, while training indoors? And how do you compare it to training outdoors? How do you work on that? On oh, my sprint position? Yeah, that oh. aero talk. 
Almost. Um, well, t- to be honest, it's now just quite natural to for me to get into that position. So I don't actually need to to train specifically for it. Um, at the start, when I started doing the position, it was hard to, uh, yeah, think in a sprint to actually get in that position because when you're when you're losing power, you try to find more power, and to find more power, usually you become more upright. So it was hard to to change my mind into when I'm losing power to go down lower. Um, so that was the hardest part. But now, after I've done it so many times, it's it's just become, I guess, more natural. It just happens. Have, have you tested it, like in terms of power, maybe, and even like the position for aerodynamica in the in the wind tunnel, or did you do power output tests? Or yeah, I did. Uh, I did some tests in the wind tunnel to see yeah the differences and um, but I mean it's you don't really need to test it to to know that it's probably more aero than um, than a normal sprinting position. Um, so yeah. I did test it, but I mean, it told us what what we thought it would. Um, but yeah. And do you notice that competitors trying to uh, sort of like imitate you or mirror you, going more aero than they probably used to be? Did you see? Do you see changes in other sprinters' form on the bike? Or um, I think I do watch a lot of sprints, and I I do see a lot of uh, guys maybe sprinting with their their head down a bit lower than normal, but. Um, I don't think anyone's really in an extreme position like me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, most sprinters know that they, uh, they probably can have a benefit of of getting a bit more aerodynamic. So they do see a lot of guys. Yeah. Like I said, with, with their head down a bit more, but I don't think it's really imitating me. All right. Well, let's hope uh, they won't imitate you all today as well when you when you get to that sprint finish, uh, or at least, yeah, just make sure that you're more arrow than them <laughs> that they are, and yeah. get those watch down. Um, thanks, Caleb, for for jumping on and making the time during the Grand Tour to have a chat with us on the Tax Turbo Talk. All right. Thank you for having me. And uh, and wishing you all the best in the upcoming stages. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Rob. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to the Tax Turbo Talks. This was Rob Power with Caleb Ewan from Lotto Sedal. Stay tuned for a new Tax Turbo Talk next week.